Hello, and welcome to the Procurement Game Changers podcast, brought to you by Consulting Quest. Ever wondered how the leaders get it done? What differentiates them from the rest of us? Let's tune in and learn from the best leaders in the procurement space. Let's do it. And now, over to your host, Helen Lafitte. And welcome to the Procurement Game Changers, the podcast for leaders that make a difference. Today, we'll talk about how to find the right profile for your procurement group. And to discuss that topic, I have the great pleasure to receive Aslan Akhyol. Aslan is the Chief Purchasing Officer and a member of the Executive Board at Stash. Aslan has 20 years of working experience with many companies. He is currently with Stash, a grocery delivery company that delivers groceries within 10 minutes to your doorstep with no minimum order value and at supermarket prices. We're glad to have you with us today. So welcome to the show, Aslan. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast and I hope I can contribute something meaningful to it. I'm sure you will. So Aslan, could you tell us what led you to procurement? Okay, um, I think, I guess probably my mother must have been contributed somehow. She always negotiated everywhere, I remember. And uh, whether she knew the language or not, I mean, she came to Switzerland I, I, about more than 20 years. She was about 22 years old, I guess. And um, she was trying to negotiate down everything. And, and that's probably why I applied at, at the end as a young man in, in purchasing for my first job in engine material purchasing at Swiss at Technical Services which then became Techniques. Um, and I found it super interesting. And, and that's why I guess after a few years, I was able to take on larger projects. And uh, when I remember some examples were the tendering and negotiations um, for the Airbus A340 fleet uh, with Pratt & Whitney engines and, and the Rolls-Royce engines. So uh, that was really fun, and, and and I remember a lot of work and and, and uh, nights and and the weekends, and um, uh, we have chosen the Rolls Royce at the end for the A A three forty fleet of, of Swiss Air, and also of course um, for me very interesting was the maintenance contract call for tenders on the JT nine D seven L seven R four J two engines of the Boeing seven four seven at that time with KLM Dutch. And, and JAL Japan Airlines. I met a lot of people and experienced different cultures from all over the world. And nevertheless, I had to decide that after 11 years, I'm gonna change my industry. And um, I went to, into telecommunication back in 1999 um, to DOX, a new player on the Swiss telecom market. Um, founded roughly after the liberalization in 1997. And um, that was really fun because um, leaving as a, a, a really deep marginal flight maintenance industry for and then go to telecommunication was a little bit of a culture shock for me um whereas before, before i had to fight for every cent and at the ox people were talking like millions as it were cents and that's why for me it was like wow um everything was normal a few millions it's normal and um uh, within a very short time of two years i guess um the ox had then um, almost more turnover than the SR techniques after 60 years in business. Um, that was really for me incredible at that time uh, for a young person. And um, um, I was responsible there for the network area. And uh, my first, I'd say my first big success was 
and the UMTS tender back uh, in the year 2000, I, I had to organize 60 half day meetings with, with Nokia networks and Ericsson networks. And that was just jumping around. And uh, at the end, I guess, even asking me to set up a strategic protein department at um, DX and Sunrise after the merger back in 2001. And in the UMTS tender, I negotiated the PowerPoint presentations. That was also something which I really remember. So you were negotiating of millions, even billions, um, which was only on, on PowerPoint. And, and nothing existed. Uh, everything was just on PowerPoint. And uh, really exciting years. Nevertheless, thought why why um, not to 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 try another industry again? And so I was I, really lucky to 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 go after eleven years to uh, to to Micro, and Micro is the largest retailer here, and private employer in Switzerland with approximately hundred thousand employees, and fifteen times the turnover of Sunrise, and a second cultural shock. For me at that time, after the fast moving and dynamic telecommunications, Migos was like a snail compared to to, to Sunrise. And uh, it was starting the head of supply and contract management, then take over the strategic procurement department in 2014 and then transformed it to, to, to 19. By 2019, bringing it really on, on par level with the FMCG companies um, because um, Migos had no clue about uh, what. You know, what is the profit per square meter and what is the profit there and, and, and that's why I guess from a shelf meter I mean sorry and, and that's why um, we had to uh, take new software into it uh, data analysts uh, business analysts and, and, and then uh, actually transform uh, the whole department and uh, get in new people and um, I guess uh, that was a quite good success at the end so um, said I promised what I had to do uh, back in 2019 and then I said I want to do something really fun and now um, I landed at the startup stash the, the quick commerce industry in 2021 and now here I am. Yeah, thank you for sharing uh, it, it's very interesting to see how from one industry to the next there might be some differences and as a procurement leader you have to learn about them and um and still you're still doing the same work right and that that's something that we will discuss i, I mean i I'm, I'm riding our bicycle as well Sam, because because um the executive board has to go once a, once a month uh, and, and write also and, and deliver out all the orders okay. from our customers <laughs> not, not that's quite that's quite the difference <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the background you see actually our, our bike and driving you know uh and, and uh, trying to find within 10 minutes so we have to feel also what's going to happen really at the front. That's interesting. So we're going back to the topic today and we'll start with the fact that compared to other functions like finance, marketing, IT, or in HR, procurement is always fighting for more visibility and our attention from the executive committee. And indeed, procurement is not well understood by executive. It's not taught in school. Do students there learn about Correct. finance, marketing strategy, even technology? but not procurement. So most executive, unless they are in the super supply chain function, don't know much about what procurement does. And as a result, most company don't hire the right profiles and they often end up with the wrong teams. So what are the mistakes to avoid? How do you find the right profile for procurement? That is what we're going to discuss about today with you, mm -hmm. Aslan. So first questions, so in your opinion, what are the pitfalls when hiring people for procurement roles? 
Um, when I remember really back all these years now, I guess for me it was always like the typical phrase, like in, in advertising uh, for 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 vacancy, for example. Like, yeah, many years of purchasing experience in this and that industry. For me, it was like it's it's not a qualitative statement. Um, just as little like somebody would say, I have leadership experience. Also, this is not a qualitative statement. That's why that was always a pitfall uh, looking for people just being in that industry. And I have also some examples from men in the financial industry where I have seen that these people, uh, unfortunately, had nothing to say there. Um, but to be honest, on the other hand, um, the question is really only, only valid if purchasing really has to be successful in that company. Uh, because um, we have we have somehow faced with the reality of, of companies like um, who decides really what success of purchasing is or should be really the executives who have uh, like little knowledge on procurement or the fear to lose decision power and reputation on the market. I have a very interesting example. I remember back uh, head of marketing communications. His name was Beat, um, and he he was really I mean. He was really throwing curses at us and said that he will hardly find a good job on the market after we have negotiated the advertising agency fees down by 30%. And he, we will be responsible if he never finds a good job on the market and so on and so forth. So really interesting things. What What is the right profile for procurement? And I'm talking about soft skill, hard skill. So what, what is yeah. that profile that you're looking for? Um, I guess... The right profile can't be really advertised, okay? It is like an experienced interviewer could find the right person out from an unusual but interesting CV, for example, and also from face-to-face -face interviews. That's why I personally only at HR only filtered the applications when it was like really obvious that the person just wanted to have an application for the job center. So it's like, I actually, I'm an addresser, but I want to be in purchasing, for example. Um, but it, my philosophy, I guess, was really, when you know how to buy, you can buy everything. But of course, there are exceptions. I mean, jobs where you need like physical or natural skills, like sense of taste. Uh, sensitive senses of smell, like as a when you are a coffee or cacao uh, buyer, or for example, also when you have to buy ingredients and flavors, for example, the perfume industry. But I guess um, for me, it was like the mix of, of people. It was also important. And it's, um, Meredith Belbin actually once described his nine roles of good teams. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there was like a resource, in, he called resource investigator, team worker, a plant, planted like seeding, you know, and, and, and growing. Um, also monitor, evaluate, shaper, implementer, whatever, completer, finisher. Um, I, actually, I took it simply because I'm just not a professor. So I always had a vision of a person. Sometimes it was me, sometimes it was another person. Um, and that's very important. Uh, I also have a very good example there. Um, an implementary person, like being able to implement everything. And also a person like is, who is analyzing it in a structured way. And of course, uh, somehow, let's say, the good soul of the team. Okay. So uh, the person who can always uh, have, um, have the ability to, to, to connect all the team members, even if they are totally different. And I guess these are, these are these five roles you should have in a, in a very successful 
uh, purchasing team. So you mentioned that that person who is a networker. Uh, so that's interesting because in a previous podcast, um, we discussed about the importance for procurement to build a network internally and with suppliers. So could you develop a little bit that? And you mentioned that you have an example. So maybe you can uh, give that example to explain more of that role in particular. Okay. Um, I remember when I started back um, at Sunrise in the telecommunication industry, the key account manager of a big uh, telecom uh, network infrastructure provider. Um, that guy had, and I'm probably remembering correctly, that guy had 216 direct contacts to the company. He, he knew everything much, much better than anybody in the company. He knew exactly what the CEO is doing, the CFO, what the CMO, the, the CTO, whatever. And uh, he, he knew what the strategy we have. So he knew actually everything. And so how can it be that a supplier knows much more than anybody else in the company? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said, uh, that's clear. He was an incredible professional networker. So that's why I, I, I had one guy, uh, my team then, which I hired coming from, from Siemens. Um, and that guy was like, it was everywhere, every party. They always, you have to go because you have to control what our marketing guys say, what our network people say. You have to go to to supplier events and and get information, collect them. And and from that time on, actually, we had the best and the first knowledge what's going to happen on the market before anybody else in the company. And that's why I guess it's important to have that networker. No, it's interesting. It's like uh, underground business intelligence, if I hear correctly. (laughs) Somehow, (laughs) correctly. Well, is this so? so We see that you you have several roles in your teams, and and then you need to um, identify, even if on paper those uh, profiles might look the same, they might not fall into the same um, role. And then at the end, you need a, a team that makes sense, right? That's what I hear from, from what you say. And I have a question, though, and you, you mentioned that briefly before in the fact that it, there are limitations to uh, on certain categories. So I would just expand that as this. Um, is it just true for all categories beyond those, those limitations that you mentioned? And then are there specificities in the profile that you seek for a company like yours today for stash, for instance, are there some specificities today? Um, I guess, first of all, for us, actually, it is like, it is like really important um, to see trends here, okay, to emphasize with our customers. And also, uh, as a startup, actually, you have to sell hope, okay? So you never know when your money is, is away and uh, the burn rate is too high, whatever. But um, that's for us important. Nevertheless, I guess, um, to the first part of your question about, is it like all categories? As I mentioned before, so you, you can't really do that everywhere because uh, when you are working in government, for example, it, it might be different. When you're working in a financial industry, it might be different. When you're working in, in for example, the tobacco industry, it might be different again. But that's why I guess it's, it's uh, you have to know really in what industry you are, what are, let's say, um, the, the, the most important uh, points you have to consider for, for, your, for your own function. And that's why you can't say, yeah, category IT is everywhere the same. It, it's not. So even IT might be totally different when you are working in, in government. 
Yeah, so 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 it's kind of a um, foundation that you can build on. Be be clear that um, the what is important actually is beyond the, the the right profile on paper is to to make sure that that person has the right mindset or the right mm -hmm. attitude to procurement, and then then that you have the right roles for your team in your industry, in your category, in your type of company. That's what I understand. So it's kind of be flexible. There is not one fits all team that works for everyone. Um, and, and you said before, it based on your goal, you want to be to be as successful as a procurement team. That's kind of the ultimate question. I hope as procurement leaders, we want to be successful, right? I hope that's the case, but yeah, that's not always. And, some, and, some, and, some, and sometimes, actually, it's really it's it's really like a, like a, the feeling you might have as a as a as an interviewer. I remember a guy actually; he was harvesting kiwis and whatever in New Zealand, and before he he was um, working in a bar as a waiter. When I, and, no, it was a discotheque, right? A disc a club, um, and a nightclub. Uh, he was working as a waiter, um, uh, collecting money and, and, and saving money for his world trip, whatever. And that guy, um, he could not speak English at that time. Okay, so he he went on a on a on a world tour without without uh, being able to speak English. And I said, like a guy actually on a world tour, uh, getting back and and finding always a solution for every situation in his life or on his journey, might be an interesting person. So I, I invited him for an interview, and that guy one became of our most creative executives in my purchasing team, mm -hmm. and still he's still the most uh, creative person I I, I know actually working or used to work in, in purchasing. Yeah, and actually, a... no, but nobody probably would have invited him to an interview. Really, nobody. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, I hear you. Um, you have to, to see really beyond the, the profile on paper. So on that, I can totally, I, I agree with you totally. It's, um, it's uh, I don't think that someone would have hired me in procurement uh, if I said so before because because of my profile but you know here I am so where where do you find the right profile for for your procurement role is it your network um, do you have spontaneous candidates internet platform headhunters how do you go to find your your these profiles oh I I probably um, I used all of them really um it's it's based sometimes on the, on the time constraints you have. Um, I used headhunters. Was the right choice? Once I used um, sometimes you need thousands of interviews until you only have your right candidate for the challenging job. I mean, I remember also there a guy. Um, uh, also, the interesting uh, interesting uh, example. He was actually unemployed. Okay, when I when I um, when I invited him for the interview, he was unemployed. He, he came for a very very small company, like maybe fifteen people. Um, used to purchase, I guess, little screens or whatever for the for the car navigation system. And I said, if, if somebody has to struggle, okay, every day. Being tiny and getting still, never, 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 nevertheless, being able to get a, a very good prices, very good conditions, whatever from from Asia. Although you are very small and you're struggling and and doing and 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 working and fighting, 
I invited that guy and he used to be as a span, half Spanish, half German, I guess. And uh, the first interview was like, it was very nervous, um, but he seemed very clever, very smart. And the second interview, I told him, like, I felt he was really nervous at the last time. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're right. And in the middle of, of that second interview, I said, hey, you're, you're, you're half Spanish, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, what would you say if you, I say now, step on the table and, and dance a flamenco for me, please? And his immediate answer was like, um, yes, Mr. Akio, if you if you dance with me, of course I will do that. And I said, okay, you're hired. <laughs> so uh, it depends the attitude, how fast he can react. And, and that's much more important than, than somebody. He would be totally astonished, like, uh, uh, very interesting question. Um, that's why I guess uh, it's really the, the feeling. It, it's 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 not it's not clear what is the best source. Yeah, so that's why it's hard. You have to go around, do interviews, and meet people. We said that before. You know, it's not what they have on paper. It's really the mm, mindset, mm, the attitude. That's mm, what I understand. And he's he's now um, like a really head of head of worldwide purchasing of a really big banking company bank so yeah so the attitude was all it was so if for newcomers to the procurement community and i know that there are quite a lot that are listening to you and watching the podcast do you have any advice on how to grow as a buyer when you don't have the technical knowledge of the product of the service that you're supposed to to, uh, to buy i guess remembering that what what Steve Jobs once said: "Stay hungry, stay foolish." Okay, uh, it's not the same, but it's somehow valid also for the part of a buyer as well. Um, I always listen carefully and ask a lot. The more you ask, the more you know. Listen and ask the supplier. Listen and ask your colleagues, and sometimes listen and ask yourself: uh, Am I doing really the right thing? Um, but I guess. Um, I found out that many people do not listen because they want to make the case and do not ask because they then believe the competence will be questioned. But I guess without listening carefully and asking, you don't learn. <laughs> I mean, that was somehow the same way at school. Yeah, that, that's very true. And um, I, I agree with you on that on that fact that you can learn every day. Even if you are an established leader or or a seasoned professional, you can still learn even about your own, um, you know, subject matter because things are changing, new methodologies are coming in, and um, and um, so it's always an opportunity to learn more and to or to educate yourself on things that you might think it's not right, and then you discover it is all the other way around. So this, I think, this is true. Sure. Besides recruitment, what is the most challenging task for a procurement leader? Uh, for instance, um, what is the most challenging task for you right now in your, your current position? Okay, I mean, in the current position, of course, it is, it is, uh, really, it is, uh, it is the money. Okay, it is the sell hope. It is getting the, let's say, um, very good uh, conditions um, or similar conditions like the big retailers mm -hmm. or without having 
even without having a percent, one percent of 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 the volumes you can order. I mean, um, this is something which which is the most challenging. How 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 can you how can you um, the, let let the companies deliver to each of our warehouses we have everywhere in, in the cities? And that's why I guess um, that's that's the most challenging part of it. How to convince how to convince the big players on the market uh, to deliver uh, attractive prices to to the products actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, my personal very challenging. No, no, no. I can relate to that. Trust me. Yeah, Get the yeah, big players yeah. to trust a small startup. Yes, I can do that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And then to the um to the first part of of, of your question, actually, um, it's it's the the most challenging is is probably being accepted at eye level with the other mm -hmm. executive. Okay. Uh, still, many people believe that everybody can buy, you know, as they do in the supermarkets. And, um, and there also, I remember a very good statement um, of, uh, of a former CEO um, for which I had. I was like, uh, um, typical, typical, you know, that's typical. Hey, you play the bad cop and I'm the good cop. Um, and that's why I was sit, I was uh, in, in, in an elevator with the CEO, and he told me that sentence as well. Hey, Aslam, oh, how was how was doing? Yeah, yeah, good bad cop, I'm good cop. <laughs> and then hey, I told him that he can ask his wife to play the bad cop if he wants. And um, I don't I don't need to play. I know what I want and and, and how to convince the suppliers. Uh, he, he frowned slightly. Uh, and it's my play, but sheepishly, uh, and the door of the elevator opened. So, um, that was a typical, a typical, really example where, while most of the of the executives uh, have always the same, and nobody would say that, for example, to a marketing guy, nobody would say that to a financial guy, or nobody would say that to a, uh, a CIO, for example. It's always like everybody can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must be I'm easy. I mean, I'm going to the supermarket and buy. Okay, that's why. And seeing in the in the in the uh, on, on TV and, and the Hollywood movies, bad cop, good cop, and it's always that. Okay, yes, this is the most challenging to, to explain. Oh, let's say to to have also the on that eye level. I mean, um, nobody would answer to the CEO. Go and ask your wife. Okay, so you have to have also this this. Um, this, uh, let's say, have you, how do you call it, the standing, really, and also believe in yourself uh, in order to have such an answer to, uh, to your own CEO. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now it's time for the takeaway. So if there was one thing that you want our listeners to remember from that conversation, what would that be? Um, I guess, especially for that recruitment, uh, for procurement, um, don't don't believe what you read. Just believe what you personally see or hear or reactions you are faced with uh, in an interview or a video call. So take take your time to find the right role or right person for the position you need in order to have an effective team and uh, and not just fill, fill up the vacancy because uh, you're looking now already for uh, eight weeks. Yeah. That's, that's a takeaway. It's better to wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about uh, mindset, fit, with your teams and yourself uh and attitude i think it's a it's a very good uh it's a very good way to to summarize what we've said in that conversation thank you aslan thank you for your time that You're was welcome, very Anna. interesting and um i'm sure that our listener will be will be uh as you were Hope mentioning so. before i think they, <laughs> they really feel that they are not losing their time thank you Hope so. okay thank you also bye so now it's your turn to tell us about your experience and new challenges when hiring the right profile for your procurement group in the comment section.
Don't forget to subscribe if you want to be notified when a new episode is out. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. And if that's the case, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. So happy sourcing to you all and au revoir. And that's a wrap for this episode of our Procurement Game Changers series. But we'll soon be back with yet another exciting session with one of the movers and shakers from the procurement space. Meanwhile, remember to visit our website at consultingquest.com for more consulting updates and procurement know-how and join us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Until then, goodbye from the entire Consulting Quest family. Have a great day.